1: The happiest of days here on the Sage Rush show. Uh, This is Tim Wilson, your favorite New Jerseyan, checking in here. I got Brady um, in the studio with us this week. Uh, Braxton is remotely as he's got a little he's got a little cold, so he'll be joining us later. Um, But uh, but what an exciting week it was, wasn't it? Wow, I think Tim's the best of three of us. (laughs) Oh boy! And
0: uh, that was a good intro, Tim. Thank you for doing that. Let's let's bring in Braxton before we get into this. Braxton, you uh you decided that you were too good for us and you're staying in your your northern roots. Where, what happened?
2: I am not too good for you. I am just not on the germs. I am sick and I am
0: laying in bed. Well, hopefully your your service turns out a little bit better. If not, I'm gonna have to cut you off. But yeah,
1: he's got Disney Plus items.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. It's like Disney Plus comes out and now Braxton's just chilling in his his apartment or his house
1: and yeah. you know,
0: I have
2: watched, I have watched the Mandalorian quite a quite a few, uh, I watched, it and I watched <laughs> quite the a
1: Wars. few times. Yeah. We really know what's <laughs> going on.
0: <laughs> he stayed up at till 4am watching shows. I, I was, I've already done that this week, but, but you're, you're feeling okay, Braxton enough to, to venture off and talk about some Aggie sports. This has been one of the more positive di- uh, days that we could actually talk about it. You
2: no, know, if it was if it was a couple weeks ago I might be like, oh I feel too sick, but I think I'm feeling happy
0: to talk about it right now, so yeah. All right. Well let's let's just start off there. So Tim Braxton, are we suckers again? Yes. <laughs> of course. Are we do we have faith again? I feel like we shouldn't have. But here we are. I knew this is gonna happen. We're poised to make a run at the mountain again. And what I expect to happen the next couple of weeks is that we beat Wyoming on Saturday, and we end up having a mountain championship game against Boise State at the end of the year. So, But before we get there, let's talk about Saturday's game a little bit. Um, Fresno State, you know, it came down to the wire. I actually missed the entire end of the fourth quarter. I was on a date, so I, I apologize. But Priorities. I... I, like, I left the game. We were up by two touchdowns. So I was like, oh, we got we got this in the bag. And then all of a sudden I get a message from Tim saying that Everly's is going to break everyone's hearts. And I was like, oh, no, are we not winning? So I turned it on my phone and caught the, the, the game-winning field goal. But uh, well, it was quite the hectic game. What would you guys think? Tim, we'll start with you and go to Braxton. Uh,
1: yeah, so I don't know. We started off well. Um, love. Played pretty well, which was nice. Our receivers caught the ball. It was good. Our defense, I didn't realize that Tipo was out either. So the combination of him and Woodward both not being there um, was troubling. But no, he stepped up. Um, I thought our play calling on the first drive in the fourth quarter was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I, I think that everyone that's ever watched a second of football knew that we were going to run on fourth and goal from the one out of the gun. And All of those people also knew that we would not convert, which happened. But then our D came up, and then, by the grace of God, we finally made a meaningful field goal. So (laughs) it ended well. So hence the happiest of days. Yeah, Braxton, what would you think?
2: It was nice to see COC back in the offense. Um, He played really good. I think this was his best game as an Aggie. Uh, You know, I had 11 receptions and went over 100 yards. It was two touchdowns. like you, I was like, uh, at halftime, I was like, oh, we're up a touchdown. Like, like we'll be fine. We got this in the bag. And it kind of scared me towards the end. I was like, mm, I don't know what's going on. But I'm glad we are able to pull off. And uh, Jordan Love had a really efficient game. I figured we were going to talk about that for a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game to watch.
0: Yeah, we've been talking about it ever since the show had started, about the game that we expect Jordan Love to come out and perform. And, of course, the one week that we don't ask him to come out and perform – he actually performs to the level that we expect him to. So
2: is there, is, is there a Sagebrush show, Jinx? Are we jinxing Jordan Love? I,
1: I'm. Is correlation equal causation here? Or
0: uh, I think so.
1: I mean, we said last week that he'd be in Oregon, so let's just keep that going. Yeah. So you know, he's leaving for good. He, <laughs> and then he throws for 400 yards. So yeah, he's he's might as well already be gone. I'm kidding, but yeah.
0: No, it was a an awesome performance. This Is exactly why scouts are really buzzed about about what Jordan can do. You heard it you heard it from everybody on Twitter that covers like NFL draft that you know this is the type of game that really excites those those scouts and NFL coaches of the throws he can make and if he can just get the consistency down then he turns up uh performances that he did like uh, on Fresno. And this is a question that I I want to ask you too and looking at the of the rest of the Mountain West Who's your favorite to win the Offensive Player of the Year? Is there anybody that kind of comes to your mind right now that like that player is gonna win? Because there's if you go to Boise State, it would have to be either their running back, but Bachmeyer hasn't played in like four or five games now. And now you look at Cole McDonald for for Hawaii. He got benched. You got. San Diego State's quarterback. He hasn't put up crazy good numbers. I'm just like kind of going down the list of trying to play find players that like could actually. And the reason why I bring it up is there a potential opportunity if Jordan performs incredibly well the last three games of the year? Could he sneak his way back up to maybe getting that Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year position, or is it too far gone now? Uh,
2: uh, I don't think there's any front runners, like you said. I think. If Jordan performs well against Wyoming, especially Boise, I think I think he becomes the number one. Which is crazy because that's that's crazy, but we'll see what happens. I'm really excited to see how it goes because you know Jordan's kind of the catalyst for our team, and if how Jordan plays is how the team plays. Um, I think he's
0: a shot for sure. Tim, what do you think of? It's like the other player I think of, maybe Josh Love for San Jose. He's performed pretty well.
1: I, the thing is, is that they're – I don't know who else it would be because usually – I mean, I feel like this is – it'll just go to Boise because Boise's the national frontrunner and is the most well-known, and it'll be like, oh, who's the best player on Boise just by default if they end up winning the conference? Because um, San Diego State, I, I don't know how they were – what were they, 7-1 and one before last weekend? Yeah, they were. I didn't, they have like the, – their offense is is unbelievably boring, so it's yeah. not them. Yeah. Um, Air Force, it could be because uh, I mean, obviously they're 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 doing quite well. The issue there, though, is that they have three running backs that do everything. There isn't one of them that's. I mean, they've got um, what's his face who destroyed us. Remsburg has thirty nine more yards and thirteen more carries than their other back, and then their fullback has thirty six yards less than that. I mean, there's not there's not a big difference there. So I mean, unless they're going to give it to all three of them, but
0: yeah, it's a it's just so curious to me because there's been no the Mountain West has beat up each other and it kind of goes back to last week because Wyoming took Boise State to the wire. Granted, Wyoming and Boise State are both playing without their starting quarterbacks, so it's hard to kind of tell how good Boise State is. I mean they lost to BYU not what am I to say because BYU destroyed us with their two backups, but they lost to BYU with their backup quarterback. I don't think they're as good as as they are with with Bachmeyer and then Wyoming took them to the wire. But also along the other lines, is it also has a unique impact, is that San Diego State also lost, which puts them in perspective. They Next week's game against Hawaii becomes all the more interesting because Hawaii is a game back behind San Diego State in that division. If Hawaii goes – and or and they have to go to Hawaii, Hawaii. So if Hawaii beats San Diego State, Hawaii will go to the Mountain West Championship game at the end of the year. That puts <laughs> – is 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 just super interesting to me because if Utah State is able to figure out something on defense able to stop somebody or if Jordan Love just goes herculean on us and you know throws for four hundred yards, three touchdown passes for the next three and three and a half weeks, whatever it is, and we beat. We beat Wyoming at home. We got Boise State at home. We beat them as well. And then we go to New Mexico, and somehow Colorado State beats Air Force. And then we're suddenly sitting on top of the mountain and having the best conference record in the mountain. Well, we'd be tied with Boise, but since we have the tiebreaker, we'd go to the Mountain West Championship game. Not only would we be in the Mountain West Conference Championship game, but that game would be in Logan, which is an impossible thing for me to think of. And I'm speaking Very irresponsibly right now. I'm talking as a hopeful Aggie fan, but it's crazy because last week we came on here and we're just destroying our football program because how embarrassing that loss to BYU was, and it still is, but it's very positive right now because they can fix everything. If we have a chance to host the conference championship game, nobody will even remember that BYU loss in five years from now because... Here's the one thing for Utah State. You know how many conference championships they've had in my lifetime? Does nope. anyone know? Tell us. I'm- uh, zero. <laughs> no, they, they had have, they have the two, 2012 one in uh with, in the WAC. And then I believe the, the next one is in like 97 or 95 when they went to the Vegas Bowl and when they were in the Big West. And so that's that's the most – those are two conference championship games. If we can win a conference championship on this year, that is an amazing feat because we'd be – not only that, we'd be at nine wins going into the Vegas Bowl with a chance to put up ten
1: wins again. And all of a sudden – Okay, so after our our little technical difficulty there. um, The interesting thing about this, I mean, Colorado State's won three in a row. They just need – they beat Fresno by ten. They – uh, they put a number of points on unlv it seems like their offense has figured it out Air Force is a 10 point favorite that's not huge uh, I mean I nobody's losing in New Mexico so that's cool we're going to a bowl game um like I think it it's this week or we'll have a pretty good idea of where things are at after this week
0: yeah exactly beat Wyoming and if Colorado State does us a favor and takes out Air Force that creates a very interesting final senior night. In Logan, Utah. And I mean, and before I got so rudely interrupted by our advertisement here at ESPN seven hundred, I was just saying that there's a chance that we run the table, go nine and four into that Las Vegas bowl and have a chance to go ten and four again. I mean, that's two back to back years at ten wins. You know, it's a lot of positive buzz around Jordan, and I think that's that is the ceiling to this season. You have to have a lot of help. But we're speaking very irresponsibly, Braxton. Help me talk me down, please.
2: I can't. I just <laughs> I'm a positive thinker. I think I don't know. I I I'm always I'm always very hopeful around the Aggies and I just I want to see them do well. I do want to see them I mean, nine wins, is that out of the realm of possibilities with the Jordan that played last week last week? No. I think I think we're not talking crazy. I I hope I'm not proven wrong. And we, the only reason why this week.
0: the only reason why I don't think we're talking crazy in this regard is that Boise State just hasn't looked looked excellent, and I'm pretty sure Bachmeyer is going to be back for that game against Utah State. So that that puts a like that's the linchpin to this whole scenario because I don't think that we have a chance if Bachmeyer plays, and so we'll see. There's a lot of good things some more positive buzz around our football team you know with that with that win though what's kind of gone uh, forgotten is that that puts us most likely will be New Mexico State the final game of the year and put us at least at six wins position to go to another bowl game that is i believe i did the math it i think that would put us at eight bowl games in this decade so from 2000 or from 2010 so when Gary first took over to 2019 I believe we went at seven. That's what it was. Seven bowl games in in, in those 10 years, that is a, an amazing feat for where this program was. And I believe I, I kind of did some research to kind of dial back to see how close something has been. It's been since like the early seventies to the late sixties, since Utah state has had as many seasons, at least at the six point margin or better. So this this is a great stuff right here for where this program has come. I mean, it's built hype around it. It's cool to be an Aggie fan for the first time in years. So it, it's a it's an awesome it's awesome to see. And as Aggie fans, we're really happy for where the programs come and hopefully it just leads to better things. But yeah, that 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 puts us at a very high echelon in the golden era of Utah State football. Anybody? Any thoughts on that? You you, you wrapped
2: it up. I think I think you know, Utah State football under Gary is going to be well going into you know the 2020s. I think we're, we're recruiting really well. I think just build upon this decade and go even higher and higher, reach higher heights. Hopefully,
0: yeah. And that's another thing is that recruiting is such a big deal. That's you know the confidence of other schools or other of these recruits coming to uh, to Utah State. They're going to have a decent program here, and we're going to treat them well. So, getting to bowl games every year, even if it's the Potato Bowl or if it's the New Mexico Bowl, it's just important to go play in those bowl games just because it, it fill the trophy room. And I, I say this a lot, but I, I get to go to the Kyle Whittingham coaches show every Monday. And I, and I walk in their football facility and I just see the plethora of trophies that they have. And I, I can't wait for the opportunity that Utah State can have to fill the trophy, the trophy room. I believe we're 5-8 and all-time in bowl games. And four of those wins have been in our lifetime as Aggie fans. So it, it's slowly building to a point where we can actually have a decent-sized trophy room, which I enjoy going to see when I go back up to Logan. So... Another another bowl, another chance to get another trophy in our trophy room, which helps for recruiting, and yeah, it's I, but yeah, it's a good weekend for Utah State football. We were really negative on on the team, but they really came out, showed out, and put us back in to to having some hope for this team. We'll we'll come back next week and recap and see what happens against Wyoming. But let's let's talk about that game real fast. Is Wyoming is probably outside of I would say outside of BYU and LSU, the toughest defense we've played this year. And uh they don't give up points. They that's their one thing. They did to us last year. We really struggled. It's the one one of the two games that Jordan Love really struggled last year was uh was Wyoming and Colorado State and kind of Boise State. But that uh those two games in particular he just didn't play as well. To the the impact that he had the, the the entire season, so that puts me in a little bit of concern, just because Wyoming is always stout, and you know I I don't know what to expect on on Saturday from this team. I hope to see a little bit more, uh, you know, or a lot of what we saw on Saturday. But I I'm an optimistic for it. We'll see what happens. We're six point favorites, which I thought was interesting. I didn't think that. I thought we would at least be three point favorites, or or the line might have been even. That's just me. What do you guys think about Saturday,
1: Tim? I think and this is just one I don't know, one of the things that's appealing about Gary is that and I thought I thought it was great that he got the I mean, cuz he lost a number of close games when I mean, just in the, you know, in the dark ages when he was bringing us out of nothing and then Matt Wells hasn't won a close game ever in the history of the world. So, I mean, it was good for Gary to <laughs> it was good for Gary to win a close one there. Um yeah, but I wonder how he feels about
0: kickers now cuz Every meaningful kick he's ever needed, they've always missed. I mean,
1: yeah, I, again, it was just good to see. And it was like, it was a nice win. I felt good for Eberly because he's been really, really solid, not necessarily at clutch moments, but I, they pulled it through and it mattered this time, which was great. But um, I think, no, I think this team performs well. I think they, I mean, the defense was good enough. I think after losing Woodward, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be the end of the world. I, that's what I thought because I thought, I didn't think that they'd be able to get it done without him. And even with Tippa being out, but they they played well. They got it done, and I think that um, I think that this team now knows, you know, the weapons that they have. They're not going to rely on certain people. That everybody's going to step up and do their job. And I think that I don't know Gary does well to get the most out of his team. So, so Braxton, what do you got?
2: I think uh, I mean it, the weather's supposed to be perfect. You know, it is um, supposed to be mid fifties, so that's true. Mid mid fifties. You know, two o'clock kickoff in the nav. I think the students come out and pack it. I think that that provides definitely you know a home field advantage, and I think we see Jordan build upon the game of last week, and kind of the offense build upon that game of last week, and just kind of keep the keep the gear rolling, keep the the horses humming. I think I think it'll be a good game. I think we win by more than six. Um, I, I put my money down. I think we win by more than six.
0: You so. think we cover the spread? I'm to watch
2: it. All right. Yeah, I think we covered the a little bit.
0: There's some uh, truth to the argument that Jordan plays better in warm weather. So this does this is. Outside uh, since Stony Brook, this is probably going to be the best weather when it comes to temperature. So I'm I'm
1: curious to see how he comes out and performs. But... I and mean, again, I'll give him a little bit of credit here. It wasn't like it was like you know 40 in these games that he's played bad. He played in a hurricane and then a, let's just call it a tornado against the Air Force. So that's I mean, true. Yeah, so, I'll give the kid a little credit.
0: So, but it's supposed to be warm. No excuses to not perform out well and. I I'll be curious to see what Aggie Faithful do for this game. I won't be able to go just cuz I got to cover Utah the University of Utah, but I I want to be able to see if they can at least get to 18,000. I think that's the kind of the median for what I think it's going to be. If it's if 20,000 is kind of pushing it after that BYU loss, so I'm going to I'm I'm thinking that they get right around 18 to 19,000 at the Mav on on Saturday, but hopefully that 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 win against Fresno creates some juice for this team. But let's let's move over to the other team that we get to talk about. This has become very exciting for the the for us. Our fo- our football team, you know, it's struggled a little bit, but our basketball team really hasn't done anything to prove us uh, wrong since the season started. mean even, and I said I said this at the beginning of the year after that Montana State game. Is that is that I wasn't really a Worried about anything that we showed that game. Montana State just made shots that I don't think many teams will be able to make against this team. This team is incredibly long. I read over the weekend that we're like the second tallest team in the country when it comes to average by height, and there's just so much athleticism, so long, and I don't think that there's many teams that we're going to go against that are going to challenge that height, especially these first five games. And yeah, we we dominated the first these last two games. Let's talk about let's talk about Weber State, and let's talk about uh, who do we play? Denver. The last Denver, two games. Denver. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, I, then, I get it started. Go ahead, Braxton.
2: Oh, I mean, we won by you know a combined what ninety six points. I
0: think yeah. it was close to like eighty five, maybe something there, but go ahead. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think. Like, this is the team that we expected to come out in uh, Montana State. We expected like we're we're, we're dominating teams that we're expected to win, which is super which is super cool to see. And just like uh, being an Aggie an Aggie basketball fan, like seeing the team dominate like this is just awesome. Being able to see um, Brock Miller, you know, he made seven threes yesterday and scored 27, what twenty seven points.
0: Twenty
2: seven. Like, yeah, like that's awesome to see. I think. Like the team is so deep, that like you pointed out on Twitter, the team is super deep. You can get 20 from, 20 points from like, basically our start, our first six off, or, or starting five, and our two off the bench. Like, that's the team is crazy deep, and I'm just super excited to watch basketball. Yeah,
0: Tim, what do you think about that?
1: Um, well, I mean, clearly Harold Frey going to the NBA, so that's cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was initially, I was like, oh, all right, Weavers, I don't know, they got their, like Jarek Harding was out, who's their best player, so that I mean, handicapped them a little bit, but I was like, I was watching it, I was like, oh no, this team is really, really, really good, which is cool, and then I, I was at dinner last night, and I was like, I checked my phone quickly, I was like, oh, are we, are we beating Denver, and we're up by 45 points? I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool, um. I think that they move the ball well. Um, I think, and I mean, Craig Smith said this after the first game that they were, I don't, not necessarily lazy on offense. He just, I know he specifically said that they weren't cutting extremely well in the first game of the year. They've had a ton of backdoor plays. They've had a ton of crisp passes, a ton of quick cuts. Justin Bean is playing out of his freaking mind, which is just cool to watch because I haven't seen anybody hustle nearly as much as him ever, and it's just it's cool to see him with the mask on, just booking it down the floor to get offensive rebounds, but. Um, I think that, I mean, they play NCA and C this week. NCA and has lost to um, Western Carolina by 26 and uh, UNC Greensboro and in front of a crowd of 1,200 people, I might add, um, <laughs> by 33 points. So uh, I saw the I saw there's a meme on Twitter yesterday of the <laughs> Ralph Wiggum in their <laughs> so mascots uniform <laughs> of the, <laughs> I'm in danger. And that's, I think, pretty accurate of <laughs> what's coming, even without Keta, who, who knows if he'll play this week, but...
0: Yeah, and I'm starting to think that Keta might not play in, until after LSU um, in the Jamaica tournament. But yeah, I, I pointed out, and Braxton, you did bring it up. Is I love the fact that Sam doesn't have to do everything. This isn't isn't Sam's team, and then everyone like it's Sam Merrill and and everyone else. Like he's he's got to score 25 points a game, and then everyone's going to get theirs. Whereas I've noticed in these games is that everyone's double teaming Sam. And Sam is like, okay, well, you're going to do that. So I'm going to hit it. I'm going to pass to Brock Miller, who's wide open in the corner, and he's going to hit the three. Or you're going to have Sam just kind of as a decoy, and they're still going to hedge the defense. If you watch it, their defense hedged to Sam just to help him out when he does get the ball, that they can easily double team him or help him out. So that provides an opportunity for Abel Porter, who's playing an amazing point guard position. I am really happy with what he's doing with the team because he's literally, and there's a play and I'm thinking of in particular where they were so spread out because they were worried about the three point shooting that Abel Porter took the, the, the guard off the dribble and had an easy layup at the basket. Those little things that are just are what take this team to the next level that are why they're one of the top 25 teams in the country. And they're going to continue to get better because Sam isn't having to do anything. He played 24 minutes yesterday. That is insane because Sam plays – he played 45 minutes against Colorado State. He played all 40 minutes against San Diego State and Nevada. Like, he doesn't come off the court. And the fact that he's able to really just kind of let everyone else beat, beat these – I don't want to offend the teams that we're playing, but they're just not good mid-major schools. And – they're destroying them, and Sam's able to kind of take it back. So we're literally winning these games outside of Montana State. Montana State, we really needed Sam to kind of step up there. But we're winning these last these last two games in particular without Sam and without Nimi Keta, and we're beating them by 40. And that's impressive. And the fact that we're going to add a potential NBA center to this team is, is insane to me. Like, that is, oh, yeah. that is crazy. I mean, am I – it's just an awesome time to be an Aggie basketball fan. You got, uh, yeah, NCA and T is that what the, the, this team's called? Yeah, um, I
1: wonder what their mascot is.
0: And they're coming in on on Friday, and then you got you you got San Antonio on Monday. Uh, Braxton, what are you expecting out of these next two games?
2: Uh, I think, I'm looking it up right now. I think I'm doing a hot take. I think Sam Merrill gets his first ever triple double in uh, uh in one of these games. Which one? He's he's, pass, he's passing the ball well, he's rebounding at a high clip, and is obviously going to get you you know, 15, 16 points a game. I think Sam Merrill not just a triple double, but it's not one of these two games left this year, um, which would be actually, I think the fourth triple double we've ever had in Utah State. So
0: wow, that's deep stat yeah. right there.
2: Hot take. I'm looking. I'm looking it up. I got my computer in front of me.
0: So that. So- and I, I wonder when Nimi's going to come back. We see him practicing. He's warming up. You may It wonders. Maybe he he's not 100% yet back and they don't want to rush him. Um, that LSU game is all the more important, but also not anymore because they lost today. So everyone that we need to like be ranked for our resume, and granted, if we still win these games, they're going to be good on the resume at the end of the year, I believe, but they're not top twenty-five wins anymore. I mean, St. Mary's lost, LSU lost, and now Florida lost last week, and they're in the back half of the top twenty-five. So it won't be a top ten win if we if we get there. But they might sneak their way back up if it's still earlier in the season. But yeah, it's it's exciting. Tim, you're gonna say something?
1: Yeah. So uh, NCA and T they are also the Aggies. So that's, oh yeah, that's exciting. I don't know how many cows are in North Carolina, but um, <laughs> apparently there are some. Um, anyway, they're one and two. Um, their tallest player is 6'11. Uh, he plays five minutes a game. And then everyone else other than that is six foot eight and shorter. So um, Cuba should, you know, ideally have a double double. Bean, I'm sure, will. Um, but we we definitely have the height advantage there. And then we play UTSA on Monday. 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 Yeah. Monday. Monday, Monday. Um, they are owned four. They've lost to Oklahoma. They haven't had a game within 10 points yet. Um, and I think one thing just to take note of, I mean, kind of a good barometer of this is, I mean, two years ago we lost, I think we lost at Weber, um, or they, they might have beaten us at home even, um, during the dark derrier years. And then we, you know, played, we beat UVU, we beat Weber last year, but they were both competitive games. I mean, we were at Mm -hmm. the one at the, the Vivint and it was, it was close during it. I mean, we beat. We were by fifty-five. We beat Denver by forty. Denver beat UVU by twenty-something points right before they played us. I mean, that's, that's the the in-state rivals that we consistently play. We are dominating, which is which seems really promising going into the year, uh, going into the season. I mean, I think that we need Ketta back. Cause I, I mean, I was watching LSU tonight. They turn the ball over seven hundred times, but they they are they are long. They are significantly more athletic than we are, which is going to be the um, issue that we face at different points throughout the year I don't think St. Mary's is that good I don't know why they're in the top 25 but I I think that Florida and LSU if we have cut it back by that and if we play really well then I think we're in a good spot and Brady as you mentioned like Sam hasn't had to do everything this year which does work out really well because that was the issue that we ran into the tournament last year where Matisse Theibel who was probably the best defensive player in the country last year has already done quite well in the NBA with the Sixers that's going to be a problem that Sam runs into is that at this elite level, where there's going to be some of the best defenders in the country, or on the flip side of that, cat has shut down people before, but to have other options, Alfonso Anderson, Brock Miller, Justin Bean, Bean. I, can't believe, I can't believe Justin, who knew Justin Bean would be one of the stars, but. Um, I did. <laughs> to have all of those, all right, two of our best players weren't on scholarship at the beginning of the season last year, that's just incredible. Um, yeah to have all those options is huge because it's not every... I mean, it works out. Not everybody has to play well. You just need one of five to be hot and to carry you, and then you're all set. So, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I like our chances. Yeah, if
0: I had to bet, like, if I got those six names, so the names that I mentioned on Twitter was obviously Sam, Nimi, Brock, Ab- not Abel, uh, Alfonso, <laughs> nice. uh, Justin and diogo if i had those six names and they said all right if you could pick all all these six all six of these guys one of them is going to have a 20 point game a night i guarantee at least one of those players will at least score 20 points in a game and it's it's an awesome and i i love alfonso anderson i think he brings something that we didn't have last year a lot of people said oh no uh Dwayne Brown brought this kind of style. No, Dwayne did not. He... No,
1: Dwayne Brown was. I, I mean, he was I, again extremely athletic. But this was a problem at the end of the year that he was out of control. Yeah, it was he got the ball and we've had. I mean, it was JoJo McGlasson a few years ago. It was then Dwayne Brown. It's it's. Oh, I'm gonna get the. Oh, let me come off to the bench and automatically throw something up. Alfonso Anderson's in control. He has made free throws through the lights going out and the herd at its finest. So I mean. Super solid and dependable. We're, we, that definitely isn't something that we had last year.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a solid six man off the bench, and you got and Diogo came off the bench last year, and then uh, last last year last game he came off the bench, and uh, as the season goes on, we haven't even brought him up at all. Well, I Braxton did, but then I shot him down. But berstow he's playing a little bit more and more. He's getting his feet underneath him, and he's playing a little bit better. And I watched him a little bit against Denver. And granted, this is just Denver, but it's good to have him get minutes. So he's kind of used to being on the court. The longer he's out there, it's going to be better for him. The longer Kuba's out there, he's going to get a little bit more used to being there. I'm still not
1: pleased with Kuba's offensive game. <laughs> he had two points and four rebounds last night. Bean, had, Bean should not have four times as many rebounds as anybody that's seven But Yeah, so Kuba's still got to work on some stuff. Yeah. And... That's a, that's our one
0: spot is that is that five position. Luckily, I don't think we play anybody that really has a that can take advantage of our offensive skill set. What did you just send us, Braxton? <laughs> but uh, I didn't get it. Um, so yeah, that's it's exciting stuff right now. You get, and once Keta comes back, this could take us to a whole nother level. We got I think four games, uh, four games that really kind of. Have me questioning this non-conference. you Never can count up the BYU game just because there's so much emotion into that game. Yoli Yoli will
1: be back by then too. Yeah,
0: Yoli will have played against Nevada beforehand, and then it's us. So it's not like he's coming back for it. But still, that Yoli's going to have a lot of chip on his shoulder because a Utah State's pit, uh, picked as the best team in the state. B Sam Marys picked as the best player in the state, and C. A lot of people think Nimi is a better big man than than Yoli is in the NBA. So he's got a lot of things going for him in that. And But it's a Vivint, so you don't have to worry about like home court advantage in any way.
1: Now, Nick Emery isn't there either, so that's nice.
0: But And we talked about that before, but yes. <laughs> and then that game gives me worry. St. Mary's, will, it's in St. Mary's. That's a tough one. Florida and LSU will be tough just because, A, they're across the world. I mean, it's in Jamaica, and the other one's in Florida. And then... The, well, on the other side, the like ones on the other side of the country, the ones in a completely different country, and then those four, and then I I watched a lot of U, uh, Mountain West basketball this weekend as well, just to kind of see the competition. San Diego State had everything; to, they they had BYU had them on the ropes, gave them everything they got, and just BYU choked it away, and so San Diego State beat BYU um, the, by the skin of their teeth without Yoli Childs. So I don't know how good San Diego State is. We'll see by season's end. UNLV almost beat Kansas State. Kansas State is a solid squad. They've always been. So that they might be a lot better than we thought that they were. Um, so, Colorado but,
2: State's not very
0: good. Colorado State had a few losses. Yeah, it's a yeah. – so there's there's some competition. Boy, I thought Boise State would actually give Oregon a run for their money. They got destroyed
1: by Oregon. So – I don't know how good they are actually. A side note: the the women's team, the USU, the poor USU women's team is playing at number one Oregon, who just beat Team USA last weekend tonight. So really, I didn't yeah. know they beat Team USA. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina, you know, a triple double that. So
0: all right. So good luck to the ladies. I'm sure that's a mess. But uh. good luck to the ladies. Well, they're
1: there. They're, they're, cr- uh,
2: they're currently down eighteen to
1: forty two. So we have a chance. Oh, that's probably better than <laughs> expected. <laughs> so they they are probably covering the spread in that one, but and. But going back to our, our um, the men's
0: side of things is that is I don't know what to expect from these games. Like, I expect us to do what we did the last two games. Not so much Weber State. Weber State is a consistently decent program, and they were picked to finish third in the Big Sky. So it's hard for me to say, but they also were without Jarek Harding, but I hardly doubt Jarek Harding makes up a 40-point difference. A fifty-point difference, fifty-five point difference. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. But a lot of positive news coming out of Aggie right now. Uh, you got a top 17 team in the country as teams keep up fall, um, losing above them. I can see them moving up in the polls. Um, they haven't done anything to move them down in any regard. They played well in all their games except for that first one, and I don't think they played that bad in their first one. And you know but they they're not going to play anybody until LSU but there's there's a chance that we can make some move in this in this uh top 25 by conference season you know if if things go our well our way there's a there's a a very high chance we could crack a top 10 spot our highest ranking i believe in program history was 8 at 1 point this is the highest we've ever been so we'll see if we can keep climbing and hopefully make a run at something
1: what kind of worries me is i mean if we run through it, um, that'd be great. I mean, I we are the you know the I mean, for example, Wichita State from a couple of years ago. If we the team that had I, I mean, if we're going undefeated in a conference play or a top ten in the country, then we are the as I said, Wichita State, the team that had Fred VanVleet, Clanton, Early, Ron Baker, that just was getting everybody's best shot every night. Yeah. And this team is going to have to be on it if we have that kind of pedigree running through conference play. But I think that they can do it. And I, I think agree. That, I think that Craig of anybody is up for the challenge though. So. And Braxton, you've been quite uh, pretty quiet. Do you have anything
0: to rebuttal off that? No, i just looking at some stats. We,
2: yeah, I, I have another segment we can talk about. Okay, what's up? Um, so we're talking about a little bit of recruiting and the football side with uh,
0: Coach Anderson,
2: but Coach Smith actually just recruited today um, the Montana's Basketball Player
0: of the Year. I mean, yeah.
2: I know it's Montana, and we, don't, and we make fun of, you know, Montana's like a, there's not a lot of people there. But that is, Craig Smith,
0: that is Craig yeah. Smith's uh, backcountry there.
2: I know, and that's probably why we got him. It's from Super Montana, this guy named Raleigh Worster. He averaged 22 points a game, five rebounds, four assists, and one steal a game. Like, I mean, Craig Smith is changing this program. If you were to tell me we were to get, like, better, like, better of Gatorade Player of the Year from different states, I would tell you. You're wrong. That's not true, but Craig Smith is changing this program inside out. And I think, like I said for football, twenty twenty, the twenty twenties is looking wide open and perfect. And it's a great time to be a sports fan in Aggie Land.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a good point because a lot of talk is about this team. And we'll, we'll I don't want to talk about next year as much, but there's there's so many young kids on this team that we'll, we'll have. Back next year, that are going to be playing significant points. Uh, you know, you got Justin Bean, who's a sophomore. You got Bearstow, who's starting. He's a freshman. You got uh, uh, lost. You got Cuba, who'll be back as a senior. You'll get you've you've got a lot of young talent who are going to be playing meaningful minutes, and not to mention our, our transfer from from Virginia, and then the redshirt freshmen from this year as well. So there's there's a lot of big stuff that Craig's bringing here, and also points out that like this is that's craig's area montana north dakota um minnesota those are those are his that's his kind of backyard and he's still recruiting from there and getting players from there which bodes well i would say for i I don't think that if he was even considered leaving he would he would stop recruiting but like i would i i hope that this year is a year that we can prove that we can keep him and pay the man that he deserves or as long as he he lets us have him because that's that's going to be the uh, he's going to be uh Gonzaga's head coach you know Mark Few with 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 Gonzaga like as long as he wants to stay here he can stay here for as as long as he wants cuz he can revolutionize what what's going on in Cash Valley which I I love and I will always say he's the best coach in the state I like Larry K he's he's a decent he's a really good recruiter But I just think that Craig is just leaps and bounds, just a a generational talent. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, to be honest with you. And I am excited to see what happens. We won't have anything. I'm pretty sure the next two games we're going to win by the time we talk again. I'm pretty sure we're going to blow them out by 30, as long as we don't get a meaningful injury. I'm hoping that maybe we have some Keta news to talk about. Uh, going into LSU, so next week we'll come back. We'll be we'll we'll talk a little bit about LSU and what the trip to Ve- uh to Vegas to Vegas to J- Jamaica is going to be like for this team. I'm hoping to get Craig Smith on with uh, Spence sometime next week to talk about that. But yeah, anything else, guys? You want to talk about before we close it out? Uh, no, I think we're good.
2: I think we're good.
0: Yeah, it's it's a positive week. We, we wanted to bring in the happy days because we were hoping for a happy week. We got one. So that awesome weekend for Aggie sports, uh, positive news. Let's hope. Let's keep this train rolling, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Aggies, well, the Sagebush Show and Aggie Podcast. Tim, you want to say goodbye?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the happiest of days. Hopefully we have three more wins to talk about next week.
0: All right, Braxton, you want to say goodbye? Good night. All right thanks guys big mac chicken mcnuggets no big mac and quarter pounder with cheese or filet-o-fish
2: you'd be doing the same thing if you were at mcdonald's because you can choose not just one but two of your favorites for just six bucks tasty big mac crispy 10-piece chicken mcnuggets juicy quarter pounder with cheese or savory filet-o-fish enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks if you can decide on the two Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.